Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, bartender. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender. You can call me the dude or you can call me Anthony. That's totally up to you. Uh, today, I got a special show uh, for everybody out there. I have my special guest who is a bartender, a professional licensed mixologist, and a former bartending instructor. Uh, everybody, would you please welcome to the show, Caitlin, or Kaylin Whitney. Kaylin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hello. And I'm sorry I did butcher your name for a second there, calling you Caitlin. And I did see that TikTok where people, uh, where you say that people butcher your names all the, all the time. Uh, I cannot begin to tell you how often that happens. Does not faze me. Don't worry. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, um, like I've already uh, pretty much said uh, said what you do. I mean, you're a bar- uh, bartender, professional mixologist. Uh, former bartending instructor, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for the listeners? Oh, I mean, other than bartending stuff, I don't know. Um, I'm 25 years old, grew up in central New Jersey, farm family, artist, uh, alcohol enthusiast, we <laughs> like to call it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I grew up around uh, like a bartending kind of scene, and I kind of got into it at a young age. and. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just an all-around kind of person, I guess. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total <laughs> sense. Uh, everybody, when they start bartending, they were in the middle of doing something else, and then all of a sudden, just bartending kind of falls in our laps. So, Oh, that's exactly what happens. I yeah. was working at Petco. Before that, I was a car salesman, and then, bam, bartender. Wow, car salesman to bartender? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't ask. <laughs> Well, since it's still a big deal to talk about, how's your quarantine going? Well, um, I might be an alcoholic now, but it's along, going. Along with half the United States. <laughs> that is exactly correct. But, I have never drank more wine in my life, but, you know, it's it's a fun time. It makes the day go by. Yeah, I've, I've uh, read a lot of stories and I've talked to a lot of old friends uh, who said that, you know, they've uh, recently discovered day drinking. Uh, since this quarantine yep. started because their jobs are non-essential yep. and they have to stay home. So, uh, yep. and what was it? I, uh, I heard a statistic like liquor sales are up like 50%, even though all the bars are closed or at oh, least. Oh yeah, it's insane. And it, it's completely insane. Um, and what have you been doing to keep, uh, keep yourself busy besides, uh, drinking? Uh, well, I play a lot of video games. I've been drawing a lot. I mean, I've been making dumb TikToks because I am bored out of my mind. I think so. That, it's been a lot. I think a lot of people discovered TikTok when this quarantine started because uh, I did for one, and then everybody else. I'm seeing like first post, first post, first post. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the interesting thing on how I how I ran across you, you and I have never met before. This is like the beginning of a magician act. Uh, <laughs> I was scrolling through TikTok, and you had a really interesting even though it was very short TikTok on whiskey and how it's made and what made you decide to do that? Okay. So um, back when I was teaching the bartending school, it was actually a signature thing of mine. Um, I was, I was one of the instructors for the school that went way too above and beyond for my students. I was way too into it, which is a good and bad thing. (laughs) But uh, my signature thing was deep diving into whiskey and beer. So I'm actually really knowledgeable on both topics. Um, I love whiskey in general, so I kind of would get bored on occasional days and deep dive into YouTube videos and internet stuff and, like, read about whiskey, and eventually I would just pass it along to my students. 
this information is now so ingrained into my brain that I make it a whole day lesson yeah. teaching my students about and bringing them into the school and having them try all of it and stuff. Well, that's what interested me because you said so much within 60 seconds. And I, I was like, I bet she could go on for at least another hour. Oh, don't get me started on whiskey. I won't shut up. I will <laughs> not shut up. So you said you're a whiskey enthusiast. What's your brand? Um, okay, so my favorite, I love Japanese whiskey a lot, and I'm a bourbon person in general. Um, the Northern Hemisphere, wow, Nor Northern uh, Japanese whiskey is the Nika Distillery. Mm -hmm. They do a bourbon style, so it's that 51% corn kind of spiel. Um, Nika Coffee Grain and Nika Pure Malt are two of the best whiskeys I have ever had in my life. Really? It is so good. See, the only whiskey I know about is a friend of mine brought me back uh, from Japan. A friend of mine brought me back a bottle of Suntory uh, from Japan when Suntory's he went there to visit. Suntory is really good. They do more of a scotch style. They're actually like inspired by scotch. Mm -hmm. So they take after a lot. It tends to be a little bit sweeter or sometimes really peaty. It's one extreme or the other. But it's good stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of people only know about Suntory because of that Bill Murray movie. What was it? Lost in the Translation or something? I don't, I don't remember. But, um, so when, so let's start back at the beginning. How did you start bartending? Um, well, it started out as a really subtle hobby. Um, when I was living in, with my ex, his mom was actually like really into making sangrias from scratch mm. and everything like that. And I kind of watched it. My family used to make wine and everything like that. So I kind of grew up around the scene of people who just like to mix things. Um, it got me experimenting. We used to have a huge liquor cabinet. So um, I'd play around. And I remember um, when I left uh, working at the Subaru dealership and went into Petco, um, there was a bartending school. And they were doing a special for, like, for the class. Uh, it was, like, $250 to take the damn class. I was like, hell, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I want to do it on a whim. It's something I always wanted to get into. So I take the class two weeks later. I end up having the record for the school in all of time. Um, at the end of the class, you have to make 12 drinks in under seven minutes. Right. And it's a really weird variety of drinks. It's very difficult to do. I have the record of doing it in four minutes and 37 seconds flat. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, nobody's even gotten close. That's scary. <laughs> but I did that. And then um, the owner of the school was like, you did so good. And you helped the other students become an instructor. And I became an instructor before I was a bartender. Ah. So, uh, yeah, it was some wild stuff. So I started the instructing. And then through that, my boss also had an event business. And that's how I started traveling around so much to do private events. And uh, then I got hired up in um, a bar when I moved out to Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been a time, <laughs> to say well, the least. Now that we know how uh, uh, how you got into the business, uh, every show, in the beginning of the show, I like to tell everybody a drink special. Would you honor us with a drink special for today? Oh, absolutely. I have an all-time favorite drink that I always force people to get if they're drinking with me. It's called an Alabama Slammer. And okay. nobody knows this drink anymore, but it was really, really popular back in the day, apparently. Yeah. It is very simple. A, um, one shot of slow gin, um, a half a shot of amaretto, half shot of um, Southern Comfort, then orange juice, and my mind just went blank. I think that might be the uh, Alabama Slammer. I th isn't there? Well, you've already isn't there like uh, grenadine, a float of grenadine in that or something? No, that's the slow gin. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Actually. Yeah. It's the Amaretto Slogan Southern Comfort Orange Juice. Very simple. There's a lot of variants of it. Like some people will put triple sec instead of a full shot of Slogan. It'll be half and half. Mm. But um, that classic, we like to say in the bartending school, the way to remember it is OJ's ass got thrown in the slammer. <laughs> Amaretto Slogan Southern Comfort. OJ ASS. Okay. Good way to remember that. Hope um, everybody writes that one down. <laughs> Well, thank you for that. Um, that was that's awesome. So, um, uh, so you uh, you went from being a bar uh, joining a bartending school. I went to bartending school actually. Also, my time for my pour out time. I don't remember how many drinks or uh, how much time. I'm pretty sure it wasn't as good as yours because my memorization skills uh, are 
absolutely horrible. Uh, when people give me a list of things to remember, I've got like the mind of a goldfish. But uh, after that. after repetition and all that stuff, then I start to remember things. Yeah. yeah, I remember the drinks being all over the place. She gave me all tropical drinks, and I was like, oh, don't give me those. Jeez. And then, so... Uh-huh. Um, but you know, she avoided the really easy ones to remember, like the Long Island iced teas and uh, any martini drinks. I was I was hoping for something simple, but she challenged me. She said, but- "Oh, they they did the same to me. Um, we had um we had a list, and then like it would be certain drink variants, and then it would be the exact recipes and stuff. So um, if I'm remembering this correctly, because it's been like six months since I was at that school, it was." Two martinis, a margarita, two rocks drinks, um, a shot, but it was two shots of that shot, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, three Collins, one of which was a Long Island variant, two highballs, something else probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was 12. Yeah, it, and everything would have to be shaken or stirred accordingly. We would ask for specific bottles, everything down the line. So it got annoying, but did yeah. You, did you fun. have to? do the actual port did they do the simulation like uh water or food coloring and water uh yeah it was the food coloring and the water we had a full bar set up um each each location for the school had like four bars in it so like with the soda gun full ice machine everything it was properly set up oh okay yeah uh, you get the full experience then Absolutely. And even we would have the points where when I was instructing, I would tell my students, if somebody's doing their speed test, we're all going to be the annoying customer. (laughs) And that got fast. We had a friend walk in. We had a girl who would walk out of the building and then come around the building and slam the door open, run and go, my son is missing. Have you seen Nemo? And we would, everyone would immediately walk with everyone. (laughs) It was a That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, they didn't get, they didn't push us that far, but <laughs> yeah, I've, I've threatened many, uh, many people that say, uh, saying I'm going to come when they first start serving or bartending, I'm, uh, I tell them that I'm, I'm going to come in being the most annoying customer you ever had. Cause I know all the tricks. Yep. Yeah. I tell that to my students all the time. They're like, you should come through my bar. I'll get you a good deal. I'll give you a couple free drinks. I'm like, it's like, you're not going to want to give them to me for free when I'm done with you. But <laughs> if you uh yeah so just all of a sudden can i get some french fries and then when they bring the french fries can i get some ketchup can i get some ranch can i get some extra extra ranch hey where's the bathroom it's cold in here it's hot in here hey you know what can you what's your favorite kind of rum hey can i get that one you don't have it here why don't you have it here hey could you give me a favor and order my rum <laughs> go off the list that's hilarious mm-hmm uh, it's kind of cool that you uh, brought up for the drink special something with Slogan because that's uh, that's not a liquor I hear about very often anymore. Nobody knows about Slogan, and my favorite thing is taking back to the school again. Is my students would always be like, well, they would forget that the Slogan is even on the back bar. They would reach for literally any gin, and I'm like, stop, mm-hmm. not the same thing, not even a little bit. <laughs> the way I always describe Slogan to people is it's it's essentially boozy grenadine, you right. know? Right. Like they're like, but it's gin. I'm like, it's not gin. It's just <laughs> the name. Don't yeah. worry, it's a cordial. It, uh, yeah, drinks like Singapore slings or anything mm-hmm. like that. I don't hear about. I think in my uh, during the six years as I was a bartender, I maybe used the slow gin bottle once, and like the Galliano bottle twice. Uh, it's just some, oh, God, something you don't use very often anymore. Yeah, absolutely not. Nobody knows about up against the wall drinks. Right. Uh, it's. It's nuts. And that's such a shame because Galliano is such a solid liquor to be using in drinks. Mm-hmm. That's such a unique place. You can't get it out of anything else. It's such a shame. If I remember right, Galliano's uh, uh, licorice flavored liqueur, if I remember. I always thought it was like vanilla-y. The, or at least the bottles that we had were always the vanilla Galliano. Ah, okay. I think there's like vanilla, banana. There might be a licorice one, too. All I know is just uh, the much older customers that came in there that... Uh, would talk about that said it's a very dangerous uh, liqueur. It, you, it's just one of those things that mm-hmm. you, uh, before you know it, you drink too much. Oh yeah. I mean, my grandfather used to With- talk about Harvey Wallbangers all the time and it wasn't until I became a bartender. I, you know, uh, I was like, what is a Harvey Wallbanger? Oh, it's a screwdriver with a, a float of Galliano on top. Cool. Yeah. We, we had a saying, um, 
I don't know if other states refer to it that way, but when you're putting Galliano in something, um, uh, ironically, a common drink is to get an Alabama slammer up against the wall. And whenever you add that up against the wall thing, it's a float of Galliano on it. Right. Because of that bottle being so tall and weird, it has to be on that top shelf leaning against the wall, you know? Right. That Yeah, that's uh, I remember being told that's how it got its name because it, it's always up against the wall and you can't fit it into your bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's just uh, liquors that you don't hear about anymore, mostly because uh, most of those drinks kind of went away with time, I think. And yeah, they phased out. But uh, I think it was also something that kind of uh, is now things like the Collins drinks. When you were teaching your students about uh, how to make all these those Collins drinks, I had a customer come in one time and ask for a Tom Collins. Now, and people never asked me for a Collins drink. They always just said rum and Coke or whiskey sour, or, you know, there was never, they never used the name Collins. He comes up and asked me for a Tom mm-hmm. Collins. And then I, I had to beat my head against the wall trying to remember, which is it with sour mix? So I, it's gin. It's gin. It's gin. It's on the tip of your tongue. It is gin. Uh, we always say Tom likes gin. Oh, okay. the weird way to remember Yes, I think I got screwed up by like a comedy show I want. Uh, I listened to one time where uh, they like discovered corn for the first time, and said, I just invented a Tom Collins. In uh, or when they said, "Great corn, now we can make whiskey," and uh, so I thought, "Okay, whiskey, it's a whiskey sour." So I gave it to him, and boy, were they mad! And oh no! And but my my friend who was a bartender. Uh, uh, who, my friend who was bartending with me at the time, she was like, okay, you called it a Collins. He's not old enough to know all of the Collins drinks. So <laughs> just tell him what, tell him exactly what you want. G- uh, gin sour, you know, or probably he's going to go home and try to figure that out later on today. But <laughs> did you, how did you teach your students? Like, cause those, those were tough to remember for me. They were pretty easy. The Collins drink. Okay, so when I said um, that there would be like three Collins in the speed test, I'm referring to the glass type uh, more than the drink itself. So it would be the pint glass. So in that could also be Sex on the Beach, you know, um, watermelon, the melon ball, um, Alabama Slammer, Red Death, so on and so forth. Anything that's in that pint glass. But um, we had a lot of weird tips and tricks for remembering the different types of things. The Collins. The traditional Collins being the sour mixes ones were really easy because the only two that we that we taught that had specific names were the Slow Gin Fizz and the Tom Collins. Uh-huh. The rest would be like a Vodka Collins, things like that. And I'm like, whenever you hear that name, liquor, Collins, it's the liquor, sour mix, Sprite, essentially, or club soda or whatever kind of soda the customer wants. Mm. And they're like, oh, okay. It's just a sour, double shot sour version of whatever the hell they called out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that was a little bit embarrassing back then, but I managed to become friends with that, uh, couple after, uh, after making that mistake. Cause sometimes after you get a drink wrong, it's tough to win. It was tough for me to win the customers back. Oh yeah. So, um, but one big thing that, uh, when I went to bartending school, uh, mm-hmm. my, uh, my instructor was a very seasoned bartender. She'd been bartending for, for years and she Mm -hmm. ended up being an instructor at the bartending academy and the thing that she wanted to teach that she considered the hardest to teach was customer service now um were you able to teach your students about customer service absolutely so um it wasn't required in in our curriculum fully um at the time we were supposed to touch on it for a few hours but um just like the whiskey and stuff, I would deep dive into it. I grew up with retail and animal sales and things like that. So I've been in that scene for such a long time. I'm like, you guys need to learn that bartending is not about making drinks. It's about working your customers. It's a sales game. I'm going to teach you how to do this. So, um, yeah, we definitely deep dove into it. I had some students who I just knew from the beginning. I was like, you're not going to make it in this. You, You need to come out of your shell, man. You know? Right. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I decided bartending might be a learning experience for me because I I am very much an introvert. And in a way, bartending did help me quite a bit. I mean, when I first started got behind the bar, I was very quiet. And people used to wonder about me, you know, what's wrong with the bartender here? 
and it it took a, uh, my friend to go up to the customer and go, you're talking to him about sports. He doesn't know shit about sports. Talk him about movies or music, and then you won't get him to shut up. And that's how my uh, customers got to know me eventually. And because mm-hmm. they automatically thought, uh, well, he came in wearing a Yankees cap. So, he, like, hey, how was that Yankees game? I, said, I don't know. And then why do you wear the Yankees cap? I'm a big Billy Joel fan. Like, oh, really? You know, and but that was just how it works. So, uh, were the were your were your students able to kind of turn it turn it around or realize you know okay I've got to I got to uh, be a little bit more be able to talk to people. Yeah, uh, we we successfully broke a bunch of people out of their shell. Um, the way my classes worked, we would all kind of become a family by the end of the course. Uh, we're all picking on each other, going and saying at each other. I, I made it my personal business to make every student like feel like we were friends, like close friends. I would go out and get drinks with them on Fridays after class a lot because we used to school is so conveniently right next to a brewery. Oh, of course. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we've gone and get drinks a lot, and I would bring them into the physical scene and be like, "This is how you got to be, man." The class wouldn't end after the class was over if the student was by my side. So I would make it a a point to break them out of their shell as best as I could. And sure, there were the occasional ones here and there who would go through the entire class not saying a word. But I would call them out and and freaking reward them for every single word that came out of their damn mouth until they were just that overly talkative person I know that they can be when they're around close friends, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great thing to teach when uh, when you're going to a bartending school because for Mm. introverted people, that's really tough to do. And I, I mean, I've seen teachers not in the bartending school, but in other classes that I've taken where you've got that really, really introverted person and the teacher calls on them for an answer and then they run out of the room crying and yeah, cause they're, they just don't want to talk, but yeah, uh, you know, bartending, uh, people, people would have to realize, Oh, you've got to be, uh, talkative. You have to be able to upsell you have to be able to be entertaining absolutely i uh i i always had to stress that too uh it, it's kind of funny because whenever the school started we would have the owner of the of the business come over and like greet all the students tell his backstory and he'd be like listen ladies i'm gonna be honest you guys all got a home advantage uh in the bartending scene you don't really need a personality uh men you got to really play up your game. <laughs> it was so messed up. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've I've heard that speech, you know, a different rendition of it. Yeah. Of course. Is uh even uh a lot of a lot of bartenders I've talked to uh when I was in my in my 20s, they sat back and said, "Okay, you have to realize you don't have much of a lifespan as a bartender." Uh, because once you reach a certain age, uh, people won't hire you anymore because you're too old. Now, and one one girl said, "Women can bartend forever." And I was I was like, "Well, okay." I don't know, man. I beg to differ. I've seen a lot of those like really chill, like old bartenders who have that nice little handlebar curly mustache, you know, oh, like yeah. and the white hair and like the rolled up sleeves and tattoos and stuff. They're badasses. Yeah. You just got to look the part. And, uh, you know, in having a, a strong background probably helps or, uh, Truly. Good, good for good friend that owns a bar. Maybe. I don't know. It helps. It definitely <laughs> does. Let's talk about the next thing. Professional licensed mixologist. Uh, in, yeah. Uh, uh when, uh, do you have to be licensed nowadays? You don't have to be, um, but it's it's just like going to bartending school. You don't need a bartending certificate or license to bartend. Mm-hmm. You don't need a mixology license to be a mixologist, but it helps your credibility, you know? Looks good on a resume, maybe? It does look good on a resume to say that I, I went to like a heavy course for this stuff, yeah. Okay, um, this is the first time this has ever been brought up on the show, so uh, give me a a little bit about it. Okay, so the course is actually run by the school as well, but this was before I became an instructor. Um, It's a secondary thing that's done in Newark, 
not the scary part of Newark. Don't worry. Um, don't get me started on Newark. Anyway, um, it's class that goes on where you get your tip certification. You uh, get to learn a bit about flair, and then they deep dive into mixology, how to create your own drinks, how to do complicated things. You know, they get into um, modifying drinks to customers' taste the proper way, how to take any recipe and tweak it the right way, going into things being lit on fire, using flowers, muddling correctly, everything down the line. I could talk for hours about that class. Wow. But um, it was really cool, and we got to learn how to play with uh, – with like smoking whiskey and dry ice too. And that's a lot of fun. Well, yeah. Dry ice is a lot of fun. Uh, dangerous. I love but, it. Uh, mm-hmm. At least the way I used to use it when I was a kid, we don't need to get into that. But uh, oh. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, they actually taught uh, so, some of the more artistic versions of it, of bartending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I didn't know they actually turned, turned that sort of thing into a class, the, uh, because, uh, pre, uh, cocktail, I didn't, uh, the movie cocktail with Tom Cruise, I didn't know that, you know, there were bartending tricks. I thought it was just poor serve. And then cocktail became popular. And then all of a sudden all these competitions started popping up. Then it died out again. Then coyote ugly came out and then more stuff like that came out and now i'm seeing on all sorts of social media these bartenders that are doing these incredible tricks and uh different ways of serving that probably wouldn't have been acceptable in the bars that i used to work at because they probably would have uh, assumed i would set the place on fire uh, which <laughs> i almost did making a spanish coffee i was using the wrong glass and it kind of exploded but uh oh my god but uh, do you do a lot of that bartender flair when you bartend? I used to do a lot of flair. I used to be very into it. I wasn't the best, but I was a pretty good like novice flair bartender. I, I could spin my cups. I could do some um, some bottle juggling here and there and stuff like that. Uh, but the bars that I worked at when I started working regular bars were just way too busy to have time for that. It just became that I was doing the cup spin as a fidget, you know? Right. Um, but when I did some events, I was doing uh, a good amount of flair. It really turned into me being hired as a specialty mixologist more than doing flair. My thing was lighting things on fire, making some of the coolest looking drinks you could imagine, things like that, you know? Back when I was bartending, the ceilings were too low to do any really juggling. And, uh, but we used to, you know, like you just said, we, uh, I'd spin the shaker, spin the bottle in my hand before pouring, uh, just cause it was a fidget thing. It wasn't really to impress anybody, but, uh, yeah, some of those, some of those guys have some crazy, uh, they must've put a lot of practice into it cause they have some crazy, uh, things that they do, you know, like with four shakers and catching them all. And, uh, it, it's, uh, almost an Olympic sport. It seems like. Oh, it's insane. Um, my flare instructor is used to actually do like massive competitions and stuff and we saw him juggling fire bottles like everything of the sort and he, he's such a good teacher too on top of it all but it's crazy to see actually what these people are doing like i follow so many flare accounts on instagram and tiktok and facebook and i'm just like i want to do that i don't know if i'm coordinated enough to actually go that far but i kind of want to <laughs> <laughs> well it's like everything it takes practice uh i've uh, Absolutely. I've seen on, uh, on the internet, you can buy fake bottles to practice juggling with, I guess. Yeah. They're these large weighted, uh, plastic bottle bottles. That's actually what we learned with, um, doing the flare class. So yeah, they're, they're pretty neat. They even have, some of them have instructions on them on how to do some basic tricks. It's kind of handy to have. Sometimes I used to wish I could get into it, but, um, most of my customers were like, Oh yeah, great show. Can I just have a drink and like, oh, okay, here, here you go. <laughs> like, it took you three minutes to make something that could have taken 10 seconds, but I get my drink out, so thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want you to talk a little bit about your other TikTok videos, uh, what your order says about you, Bartender's Edition. Uh, how did you come up with that? Okay, so that was actually, like, a running joke. Um between me and a few of the other instructors, 
We used to just kind of sit there. Same thing what you were saying with your bartending buddies. Sit there and kind of just talk shit about people when we all came to agreements on certain drink recipes and stuff. Um, and honestly, I was really bored that day. I was waiting on a job interview. I was like, I'm going to make my first TikTok. Let's talk some shit about people who drink Long Island. <laughs> and it blew up. <laughs> and then it got demanded for more and more and more. And all the drinks that I've been calling out, I've either had people order in front of me and they all seem to have something in common. Or uh, I just know people who drink them constantly and I'm going off of their personality and it hits every time for some reason. <laughs> well, your descriptions yeah. are totally awesome. And uh, it's a hilarious video. Uh, the Irish car bomb one, uh, I particularly laughed at. Uh, what did you say about it? It's like, if you drink an Irish car bomb, you've got a gut of steel and you're probably Irish and like to tell everybody that constantly. Uh, I think yes. that's how you put it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's literally how I put it. It is a constant thing, and I can attest to it because I do that. I love Irish car bomb. <laughs> I talk shit about myself in those videos too, man, especially when it gets down to the whiskey, and I'm sitting there like, whiskey people think they're better than everyone else just a little bit in the back of their head. I'm like, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, sometimes I'm a little elitist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, you're, you mentioned also in there that your name is... Uh, your name, Kalen, is Gaelic. And so yes. now that you've said that you are uh, into Irish car bombs and know a lot about whiskey, so you, do you have, like, Irish heritage? Yeah, um, I, I do, technically, I guess. I, I've never been to Ireland myself, but it's kind of in my roots. I'm not going to prance around and be like, oh, I'm so Irish. I freaking grew up in central New Jersey. There's nothing truly Irish about me. <laughs> yeah. So. It's my DNA somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's in my liver, rather. It's definitely in my liver. <laughs> yeah, the uh, that comes up a lot uh, with customers. Uh, now, uh, uh, see if you uh, agree, with me with, agree with me on this one, where, like, you got a woman that's drinking Chardonnay, and she's using her hands mm -hmm. a lot. Do you? And I automatically start thinking, I bet she's Italian. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. Every damn time. These people talking about their hands are always Italian or they're Jersey Italian. Every time. <laughs> okay, so I was right about that. <laughs> but No, absolutely. I'll probably end up stealing that for a video, though. <laughs> yeah, go for, just <laughs> <laughs> go for it. On your uh, videos, people uh, keep asking you for it. And uh, your most, most recent one was the tropical editions. You saying that you really miss the beach. And so that, that came up. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, but the way you go through each one, uh, have you done one on like the people that are like connoisseurs of beer? I mean, you go, you got your people that just want a beer, order a Budweiser or Coors Light, you know, something domestic to all the people. Of people being like, do a beer edition. I'm waiting for 15,000 uh, beer edition. Okay, so uh, keep them in mind that. So I got to tell my listeners to keep that in mind. If you want her to do a, uh, what does your order say about you, beer edition, 15,000 followers, make it happen. Heck yeah. <laughs> that alone is going to make you TikTok famous. You, you could probably do a whole uh, YouTube series on that. I mean, people keep telling me to do YouTube. I'm one of those people with uh, the tiniest attention span and ability to finish things ever. I need things I can do very fast before my attention span runs out. That's why I really like TikTok because it's quick to record, quick to edit. It's out in an hour. YouTube is a whole nother process. And I've tried to make a YouTube channel in the past. It just fell out of my system. I can't keep up with like Twitch streams and stuff either. I got I to gotta keep moving. I got to be fast paced as hell or I just fall out of it, you know? You got to say it within 60 seconds. Okay. I gotcha. That's right. <laughs> now, um, exactly. but it, maybe, uh, it's just when I finally ran across uh, your profile, it just came up in the for you page. It, maybe it was just a refreshing change from watching those girls do that, those dances and all that stuff where you were actually something informative. And I, I admire that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I, I did see the video where you did some of the dances, but I'm not going to hold that against you. I mean, I, I couldn't help it. There was there was the one dance of that catchy song that with the really simple dance. I'm like, hey, I'm uncoordinated. I could totally do this dance, though. Wait, 
I could drink while doing it. It's even better now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw you holding liquor bottles while you were doing the dance. That that, that was a great addition. I, I enjoyed that. I, I don't recommend mixing Four Roses bourbon with uh, Bacardi, by the way. Bad choice, but, you know, it's what I had. <laughs> so, uh, you, being a connoisseur of uh, whiskeys, though, do you have a collection of whiskey in your house? I used to. Uh, money's been a little tight recently because of the quarantine. Obviously. You know, I'm trying to get them through and everything. But um, I used to have quite the collection of whiskey. Um, at all times, I would have my Nika Pure Malt and coffee grain on me. Um, the Four Roses single barrel. Yeah, the single barrel is a really good one that I would always have. Woodford Reserve. Blanton's is a favorite. I, I'm a big bourbon person, in case you can't tell this one. Um, mm. I got a soft spot for Dewar's, or Dewar's, however people like to pronounce that anymore. Sure. Even though that's Scotch, you know. Those kind of things. Uh, you know, your Irish heritage and your uh, vast knowledge of whiskeys and bourbons that uh, I was just, that was my first thought when I was listening to your thing. It was, it was like, she must have a collection, you know, just you know, oh, whether yeah. they're full bottles or empty bottles, they're probably sitting somewhere on display. <laughs> uh, I do have a ton of empty bottles in a box right now. I'm waiting until uh, I move out to actually put them out on display. And I'm not, that wasn't an insult. I swear to God, because uh, uh, everybody's got their own thing. Uh, you know, that they are proud of and uh, have a huge, huge uh, collection of it. I mean, uh, there are tons of TikTok videos where people have more uh, cosplay stuff than I ever thought was possible. So. Oh, yeah. um, Definitely. So when you got to be a, uh, when you got to be a bartender, you said your first, your first basic bartending job was, traveling uh a traveling bartender it was it was through my boss at the time but also i did it on the side um through my boss i probably did like six events but on my own i did i had to have done over 40 i feel like i i don't know my boss would hire them in really specific areas and i couldn't always make it out but uh he got me rolling with that my first ever event i did was actually a high school graduation it was the stupidest thing ever I go out there, 98 degrees out, beating sunlight. I'm wearing all black with a pop-up bar that I'm dragging down a hill that I know I'm going to have to drag back up later. Set the the umbrella. And I'm getting paid 60 bucks to go out here, conveniently 10 minutes from my house, though, to serve kids Sprite for five hours straight. (laughs) No. And what did they do? They go inside to their parents' basement to play super smash brothers while i'm sitting out here with the dj and we're looking at each other about to break open the bottles that they gave us i'm like oh real close to drinking these but i shouldn't (laughs) uh high school graduation they hire a bartender that yeah that's different yeah Uh, it was weird that was the only event that i ever had where i had to do nothing but um virgin drinks and it actually inspired to make um, a like a mental menu of virgin drinks in the event that ever happens again. Yeah, that's I've run into that before. People, uh, the designated driver said, would say, I want something yeah. to drink, but I don't want just a Coke or just juice. Can you throw something together for me? Now, uh, do you have, a, do you have one that you would suggest? I have a ton. Uh, one of my favorites, is I called it Wonder Juice. It's just cranberry juice, orange juice, pineapple juice, and Sprite. Real easy. I mean, obviously, there's the, um, what the heck are they called? The Shirley Temples. Everybody likes those, but sure. you see them so much, people get tired of them. But the, the Wonder Juice is a go-to. I always say just take a juice, put Sprite in it, put a little grenadine on it, you're set. Right. Uh it, that just took me back to my karaoke DJ in one of the bars I worked at, uh, Cherry Cokes. Mm-hmm. All night long, every night, oh. and, and I I think I went through a bottle of grenadine just with her. But <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but uh, yeah, just all of a sudden doing all virgin drinks. Now I have to ask because I ask almost every bartender this: uh, What's your thoughts on blenders? Oh, I hate blenders. <laughs> oh my god, I hate blenders. That's... They take so much time. Um, the best thing ever was one of the events I was at, they put out six magic bullets 
It was the most brilliant thing I've ever experienced in my life. Instead of one big annoying that I had to keep cleaning out, it was six individual magic bullets and then like a speed cleaning sink. And I was like, this is great. Pop the, like pour the shit, put in the ice, pop the thing in and get them all set up. But other than that, fuck blenders, really. <laughs> so you have used the excuse like all of us have. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, the blender's broken. Yes, every time. Literally every time, unless the bar is got awfully slow, every time. Yeah. Uh, I used to throw a fit because my servers who knew that I hated uh, making blended drinks, all of a sudden they're like, can I have a daiquiri? I was, you got to be kidding oh, me. But yeah, every bartender, any bartender ever will say they hate, they hate blenders just because they hate uh, cleaning them after every time they have yep. to serve something. Uh, have you yep. done it? Have you done it where somebody says, can I have a margarita? And you just look at, do you say you want it on the rocks, right? Or do you just automatically serve it on the rocks? And I wanted that blended. Oh, sorry. Blender's broken. But I, I always default to serving that on the rocks. Always. Um, the, the two bars that I worked at regularly, um, the blender was hidden, thankfully. So a lot of customers didn't know that we had it. It was a blessing. Um, <laughs> but, I had the events where just we had that big old dumbass blender back there. People doing the same thing. I'm just like, oh well, it's got a, it's got a charge. It's wireless. So I'm hiding the cord. <laughs> making as many excuses as I can to not have to clean this out because I got a line of like six people behind this guy who wants the most complicated blended thing ever. Uh, like shoot, I don't want to do this. Okay, that's the most original excuse I've ever heard. That it needs a charge first. I I love that. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, that that made me laugh so bad I lost my train of thought. <laughs> right now, we're going to take a little break uh, from my interview with Kaylin Whitney. Uh, this is she's awesome, isn't she? Uh, we're going to take a little break right now so we can introduce this episode's musical guest. She has been on my show twice, or at least her music has twice uh, since I started. She is an amazing songwriter, amazing performer. Uh, I'd like to introduce Abigail Nielsen with her brand new single, Ruby. Yeah. 
From Tacoma, Washington, that was Abigail Nielsen with her new single, Ruby, which, from what I've been reading on the internet, has been just screaming up the charts right now. Huge hit on Spotify. If you guys want to go check out more about her music, uh, more about her, she has a website, abigailnielsen.com, I think it's called. You can check her out on YouTube. You can check her out on Spotify, iTunes, uh if you're in the Seattle-Tacoma area, uh, I met her while walking through the airport one day when she was performing. And Yeah, uh, Ab- abigailnielsen.com is where you can find out where she's performing, where she's, uh, her find out more of her songs. Go out and check her out today. She's always been really generous to the show, and, uh, you know, that's just what I'm all about is promoting uh, new and upcoming artists. If you want your music to be put on my show, just email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, and I will make it happen for you. But until then, I think I've got my wits about me again. Let's get back to the interview with Kalen. Okay, so uh, you eventually did go from uh, being a event bartender to uh, actually working behind the pine. Yeah. And uh, so... Did was that the time where you really got to put your customer service skills into uh, into action when you're working behind the bar? Um, yes and no because my customer service skills were always in action even at events. I've worked events with upwards of like 200 people, and I had nothing but one of my students at my side. So um, it it was always a game with me. But at this time, it was less customer service skills and more coworker service. So. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of natural to me, so I don't even think anything of that. But working behind the regular bar was definitely a bit of a culture shock. I was much more comfortable with my events working open bars where I didn't have to worry about registers and the POS system and stuff. Yeah, I uh, I did banquet bartending before I actually got behind a real mm-hmm. bar, and all of a sudden, I it was it was like, okay, I gave you your drink. Why aren't you going away? Uh, when I got behind a real bar, because when I was banquet bartending, people would walk up to the bar, get their drink, and then they go back into the party but people yeah it's a culture shock yeah people would actually sit at your bar and you know start asking questions or you know wanting stories or something and that took me a while to get to get past and um but you know i'm like we got video poker we got uh pool tables you don't you don't have to talk to me but i'm realizing oh that's what go to the bar for yeah that's what just want to shout up the bartender Right. But, um, so tell me about, uh, tell me about your, uh, the types of customers that you used to serve in your bar. Okay. So I worked two very drastically different bars. Um, one was a cigar bar. So it was like a cigar shop with a bar attached. Those were whiskey and beer people. Um, lots of like upper middle-aged older men and stuff. Cigar nerds, obviously whiskey pairings, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other bar I worked at was a college bar. Drastically different scene. That was the party goers. Very different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was exactly what you expected at the college bar. The The cigar bar was was a time, to say the least. Very prim and proper, yet chaotic all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you go, to I, college, uh, uh, you go from serving probably whiskey pairings with uh, whatever cigar into lots and lots of Miller, uh, Miller Ultra. Actually, it was Yingling and oh. um, Pickleback oh. Scotch. 
Yeah, Yingling. I've yeah. never had a pickleback shot until I worked at the college bar, and I never wanted to try one. I was like, pickle juice is gross. <laughs> and then the owner of the bar was there. He's like, now you're having one of these. I was like, ah, all right, all right, fine. You know, you're letting me have a shot at work. I'll do it. Fuck it. It was good. <laughs> it was really good. No, what did you call it? The pickleback shot? Pickleback. It's you uh, do a shot of Jameson and chase it with a shot of pickle juice. Okay. That, uh, yeah, you'd have a hard time getting yeah. me to want to try that, but okay. Not, trust me, it sounds disgusting. It sounds like the worst thing ever, but when I tell you it cancels the burn of the Jameson and that metallic taste that Jameson is kind of known for and just like refreshes you instantly. Mm. It's, it's like when you drink a cold Gatorade after a long day of being outside. I cannot explain it any other way. That Okay, that's a good analogy. I like that. Um, yeah. I forgot that, uh, yeah, you're up in the Upper East Coast, so Yingling is a pretty big deal out, out in that direction. Uh, Absolutely. I spent a little bit of time in North Carolina, and uh, uh, there were some friends that were like, hey, can you bring me back like a 12-pack of Yingling? And I'm like, I'm going to be flying a plane. How am I going to do that? But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I completely forgot about that because uh, down here in Texas, Miller uh, Miller Ultra seems uh, seems to be all over the place out here. And uh, what was the last guest I had on my show? Uh, she, when she saw somebody drinking Miller Lights, she said, what do you, what do you dehydrated or something? Uh, she would always make fun of her customers that had, that were drinking Miller Lights. Uh, we always joke about that, that and, uh, course light and the miller ultra light specifically they're like can i get an ultra and i'm like okay so one water for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> that yeah uh, i'm making fun of the beer beer and uh uh beer companies uh probably not get me any sponsorship anytime soon but i don't care yeah <laughs> uh, the the ones that drink uh in my bar uh the ones that drink like Bud Light or Coors Light, they usually were uh, stopping at the bar after going to the gym, and that uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about working out. I don't pretend to know anything about working out, but I thought you just spent two hours in the uh, gym lifting, and now you're coming in to drink a whole bunch of beers. Doesn't that kind of cancel it out? And I was about to sound counterproductive as hell, but you do you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite customer when you were working? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, okay. So one, so there were three, we'll start with the high school party because this is just such a deep memory. Like I said, it was just, uh, like students and stuff graduating from high school, but there was a friend of the family that was hosting the bar. It was this, it was this old lady, purple hair, full purple outfit. She brought two bottles of champagne with her and, uh, put them under my bar. She's like, I'll come get these later. Um, and she came over to me later in the day saying that she felt really bad for everybody who was working because it was not only myself and a DJ that was hired in this 98 degree day in the beating sunlight. It was a blow up, um, like water slide person, a cotton candy machine vendor, a popcorn vendor and a photo vendor. Um, so we were all sitting there in the sunlight, the photo booth vendor, they apparently paid for a 100 photo thing and the students only took like five pictures. (laughs) So this lady comes up to me. And, um, she's like, I just feel so bad. And I don't know how to get all the kids outside to go take pictures. I was like, hear me out. I got a great idea. I'm going to open your two bottles of champagne. You're going to go over there and take the other 95 pictures of you chugging these bottles. <laughs> and she, just like, she just looks at me. She's like, you're brilliant. I like you. She gives me $15 immediately grabs her two bottles, forgets to have me open them. So I have to chase her down with a freaking bar key in hand. Like, hold on. You can't open those yourself. <laughs> Forget. I kid you not. She literally did that. <laughs> 95 more pictures of this random purple lady chugging champagne from a bottle in a yearbook. <laughs> it's the thing I've ever seen in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other, other than her, she, she is probably my all time favorite customer. But other than that, I had like this really sweet older lady who taught me a lot about um, about like cigars and Long Island. She was really into the variant Long Islands. And then there was one when I was working at the college bar. It was just this one kid who kept showing up and she was always so sad 
but she would break out of her shell out of nowhere once she got two shots of rumplemints in her. And she became the most talkative person ever. It was really cute. Oh, drinking uh, two shots of 101 proof liquor. Yeah, that that takes anybody out of their oh, shell, yeah. I think. <laughs> rumplemints will do things to people, man. Rumplemints has, has a special effect on people. Well, yeah, uh, not as bad as tequila, though. Tequila is definitely an acquired taste. But yeah. if you need a good tequila that you that's like good for people who aren't into it, um, Avion makes just a really good one. It tastes like agave syrup. Oh, okay. Avion, okay. It's super smooth. Um, yeah, I've heard different things from different people. And, uh, you know, the effects of, of different liquors, like Metallica, they always say that Jägermeister made them want to fight. Uh, people, a lot of, a lot of girls say, do not give me tequila or my clothes will come off. And I, I would, most of the time I'd stand there and go, is there a downside to that? And, but yeah, I'm a guy. So yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I sympathize with that. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Various liquors have, uh, various different effects on a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, I've talked to people that say I cannot drink vodka because I will, uh, you know, two shots of vodka and I'll pass out. What about the, uh, the women that, uh, one glass of wine, they're fine. Second glass of wine, they're giddy, happy. Third glass of wine, they're crying their eyeballs out. That sort of thing. Oh my God. Wine drunk is a different drunk. All right. I don't know what it is about the fermented grapes, but wine drunk is its own emotion. Mm. I, I put it on its own. Uh, with girls in particular, wine drunk starts out as the best time of your life, and then eventually you forget everything that ever happened to you, <laughs> except for all the sad things, and you just get really sad for no reason. Right. Um, also, be another extreme where you cannot stop being overly happy to an annoying extent. Wine drunk people either talk too much or they cry too much. Yeah. Or uh, uh, other wine drunk, uh, they get handsy, very handsy. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's the Italian thing again. The freaking <laughs> Italian ladies with golden A and Merlot freaking let me get a Pinot Grigio freaking chopping their hands at me the whole time. <laughs> or throwing their hands all over the guy sitting next to him or yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the Italian woman coming out again. <laughs> um Absolutely. Now, uh you you've been a bartender long enough that uh uh I'm sure you learned how to accept uh, as many people as possible because that's you want the business you want uh, the regular customers but were there customers that you were thoroughly annoyed by oh totally oh my god don't even get me started on some of these people <laughs> there was this guy at the college bar who would come in exclusively to um like harass every girl that was in the bar i almost fought him so many times and obviously the violent drug customers annoy me Right, But I, I got to say the worst one, it wasn't even when I was bartending. I just went to Hooters on a whim because I love their wings with like a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I walk in there to screaming. There was a guy at the bar who was freaking out because he was there with his family since I think they were saying 12 p.m. like midday and it was already nine o'clock at night. He's been drinking all day. All the servers got really uncomfortable with serving him uh-huh. and they didn't want to do it anymore. The manager of the bar was like, keep serving him or you're fired, which is illegal, by the way. Yeah, that very um, illegal. Yeah. The man starts freaking out, threatening all these female bartenders and stuff and all of the, the servers. And these are Hooters girls. They're fucking tiny, petite, all curves, no strength, you know. Right. Friggin the guy throws a chair over the bar at the freaking server or at the bartender um, uh, some other girl immediately runs up, tries to tackle him. He throws her cause this man is like six foot eight and big guy. So suddenly the only guy on premises was the dish guy who was a string bean comes up, tries to fight. This guy gets punched in the face, mm. runs out of the building. Cops arrive. It, it was, I hate violent drunk so much, so much. It's so unnecessary. <laughs> Now, uh, this has to be something that you must have practiced while you were a bartender and probably something you talked about when you were a teacher. Uh, uh-huh. Did you pay to your, uh, once you got to really know your customers, uh, like, okay, this guy's up good up to, say, two drinks, and then all of a sudden he either wants to fight or he gets really melancholy. 
did uh did you have to run did you do that a lot did you pay attention to that oh sort of yeah thing? absolutely i was taught that in tip certification and the serve safe stuff um i i definitely had to do that more often in the cigar bar ironically a lot of these older people didn't know their own freaking alcohol tolerance mm. um yeah, there were a few customers that would literally be there every day. And there was a point where I was like, you literally cannot handle more than three shots or you are going to pass out on my bar. Right. <laughs> it that, was weird. That was a tough thing for me to keep track of, especially if they were drinking at another bar before they showed up at mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to keep track of, but eventually you just learn to read their face or how they talk, the way they walk so on and so forth. A lot of my guys would get really red in the face when they got drunk, like really red. I'm like, all right, you look, you're, you're kind of salmon colored. We're going to cut you off. <laughs> now that's a problem that I have. Uh, I'm, uh, I, my mother's Vietnamese and she, uh, and so the Asian gene in me, when I get alcohol in my system, no matter how much, you know, alcohol is in my system, I turn red as a Budweiser sign and it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, to the point where I really don't drink all that much out in public. And, uh, uh so, so that became the telltale sign for a lot of my friends. Like, cause I rarely drink, but when it came, if I happened to be in their bar on my birthday, they had to serve me something. And it's like, we got to give them, mm -hmm. give them a shot. We got to give them, you know, a big drink or something like that. And I do the shot and then boom, Budweiser sign standing right in front of them. And I'd say, <laughs> okay, that's cool, but don't give me any more. That, that's it. And they're like, okay, are you going to be all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Just give me a few minutes. <laughs> oh, don't be ashamed. Drink some ice water. Cool down. You got this, man. You got to <laughs> eat some protein. It helps your blood a little bit more. Bring it down, you know? Okay. That, uh, it, that's some good advice uh, well, uh, from uh, – uh, good advice from Kaylin here. So drink some water, cool down, then get right back on the horse. <laughs> That's right. They actually say uh, they teach that in tip certification, and anytime you got to get certified for any bartending stuff for legal purposes, um, it's not carbs that'll help your drinking, that'll help your drunk, rather. It's protein. So get those chicken wings, get those mozzarella sticks, get a slice of pizza, something like that. Get the protein in you. It'll help bring your drunk down a little bit. Yeah. Just en enough to still have a good time. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, this is uh this has been a cool conversation. Uh you're really awesome. Um but uh, this hour just flew by. Um but uh it already wow. <laughs> yeah. Um well thank you so much for being on the show. Um taking uh taking some time off during your quarantine. Um uh is there anything that you would like to uh promote yourself uh do you want to uh like tell people about your social media or uh you have anything coming up uh i mean i am a bartender for hire um i work the tri-state area primarily if you pay enough i will fly out to other states though that's going to take some negotiating if you want to hire me my email is drunken dragon bartending at gmail.com and other than that, um, my TikTok is Kalemander, which is K-A-L-E-M-A-N-D-E-R. If you want to see me spazzing about whiskey and chugging a gallon of wine at a time. And believe me, everybody, it's worth it's worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay. So, but uh, anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, man. You have a great day, then. You too. All right, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Yeah, you might as well come up to the bar because I don't have any servers out there. And if you don't come up to the bar, you ain't getting shit from me. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed the show. Thank you so much to Kaylin Whitney for being on my show. You were awesome. Uh, I'd also like to thank Abigail Nielsen for allowing me to use her single Ruby available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you download your music. And, you know, I'd like to thank my audience. If you want to get in touch with me, all you have to do is email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. If you want to follow my social media, you can jump on Facebook. Uh, it's Hey Bartender Podcast. If you, or Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, Twitter, not there that much. So uh, we'll just kind of set that on this on the side. 
Remember to get out there and show your support for Hey Bartender Podcast by getting on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, and give me a rating. Give me a stars or comments. Uh, share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast. Visit the Hey Bartender Podcast website. That is www.heybartenderpodcast.com. Uh, there I usually put drink recipes. I put the latest show, links to all the past shows, and... Uh, a blog that I might jump on every once in a while. You never know. So anyway, thank you all for listening. And uh, as usual, I just want to extend to all of you lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go?